getting into things this morning. I have this amazing story I got to tell, all right? I've been saving this up this week. I haven't been telling anybody this story. I've been waiting for it so I could share it to you, or with you, rather, this morning, all right? So everybody ready? Ready for a good story? Sure. Some people are ready. Some people like just get on with it. All right. So I was out riding my bike one day, all right? And I was cruising along and I was trying to soak up, you know, all this good sun we've been having, man, it's been so great. And this weather is fantastic, right? I'll even take the cottonwood. At least it's not real snow, right? So I'm appreciating the weather. So I was out cruising around, soaking it up. I was feeling the wind in my hair, you know, this one right here. And I was taking in all the sights that Palinol has to offer. And one of the things I really appreciate about here is you can ride a bike or a car, whatever, around the same place, and you can catch four different views depending on what time of year you're going. So I'm appreciating this time of year. And I was out there doing that. And as I was pedaling along, I noticed a guy who was walking, or sorry, not walking, working in his yard with some plants, all right? Fairly common sight this time of year. So I was pedaling along, noticed this guy, he was working really hard, right? He was moving plants from a bench and he was just bending them over and he was setting them down in place so he could put them out, right? I didn't think too much of it. I just kept going and I kept running my route. And then after a bit, I turned around and I was coming back the same way. And as I was coming back the same way, I noticed he's still out there, right? And I smiled to myself, man, I'm glad it's not me. Better him than me, right? He's just straining with this just really heavy pot. And he's like, oh, he's coming down with it, right? And, you know, at this point, I was almost past his yard. But this something compelled me just to look back one more time at this man struggling along. And he was just getting ready to let the pot go when the backside of his pants let go first. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And as if that wasn't bad enough... My man apparently was trying to cool down a little more because it's been warm out, right? So he eliminated some layers. Yeah, some of you already know where I'm going with this. So I didn't just witness the sad end to a pair of pants, but experienced a half moon in the middle of the day. Now, there's just some things you just can't unsee, and that's one of them, right? So uh, needless to say, I kept my head straight forward after that and went straight home and didn't look at anybody else's yard the rest of the way. (laughs) That was a great story. I appreciated it. I was laughing at myself. And I started asking myself this question. And I'll ask you guys, why do we find stories like that so engrossing? No, I had to answer out loud. Just think about it for a minute in your mind. Why do we find stories like that so engrossing? We're all on the edge of our seats waiting to see what's going to happen, right? My kids love America's Funniest Home Videos, right? And I know this is an ancient show that when I grew up, it was Bob Saget doing it, now some other guy. But it's the whole, whole TikTok generation is built around these short clips that see people embarrassing themselves, right? A lot of them anyway. And so I was thinking about this. What makes this story out here so engrossing? And there's many reasons for it. And I think one of the reasons, and the reason we're going to focus on today, is that it's just a little bit of gossip, isn't it? Just a little. Not a lot, maybe, but a little bit. Proverbs 18.8 says this. It said, the words of a whisperer or a gossiper are like delicious morsels, right? They go down into the inner parts of the body. Gossip, man. Gossip is like that food you just can't eat one of. Anybody have that food? Mine's Oreos. You know, the recommended serving size is like, I think it's two or three or whatever. I don't remember how many it is, but I always blow way past that. I'm like, forget that. You know, I can eat 300, 400, 500 calories of Oreos. Surely that's not going to do anything wrong for me, right? I can do that. Anybody else have one of those things? Maybe it's Lay's potato chips, right? Three, three, <laughs> three of the regular ones or the thins or the double stuff? Yeah. Just regular, sorry. Or the mega stuff. All right, anyway. So yeah, so gossip is like something you can't just have one of, right? The Bible says it's like delicious morsels. You're sucked into the story. What's going to happen to this person, whether you know him or not, right? You just got to know a little bit more, right? This is guilty pleasure. It's something that's really hard to resist. 
So today we're going to examine some questions about gossip. Why is it so appealing is one. I think we have a little hint there, but we're going to explore it more. Is it really that bad? That's another question we're going to talk about. What exactly is it? I think it's important to define it. And most importantly, for this series we're working through this past few weeks, is how do we deal with it, right? The whole point of what we're going through these, this series is how to deal. And so we're going to talk about how do we deal with gossip. We're going to get all of that information and more after the break. And during the break, I want you to do a little exercise here, a little question and answer as we normally do. And I want you to do this. It's going to be a challenge, so you're going to have to think a little bit harder on this one. But I want you to think of at least one thing you would want someone to know about you that they might not know, all right? Something you want them to know. Not something that's just a random fact, but it's like, man, if, if somebody walks up to me and I don't know them at all, and they're having this conversation with them, if, I, if they gave me the opportunity to let, me know, or let them know about one thing that I am or I love or I'm about, what is that one thing, all right? Think about that. That's hard. I had, to, I had to really pour my thought into this this week. I thought this was going to be easy, but this was really hard. So I want to encourage you during the break, we're going to take five, think of and ask an answer of each other. One thing you would love that person to know about you that they might not know, or if they have, tell them again. All right. And then once we get done with the break, we'll come back and we'll discuss it together. So let's go ahead and hit that five minute break. and We'll get back. All right. Thank you, Rich. I was going to ask you to do that anyway. Appreciate it, sir. All right, so Rich is going to help us out. As usual, if you're like me, this was really hard, so maybe five minutes wasn't enough, but hopefully a couple of you have a response. What's one thing that you would uh, want somebody to know about you that they might not know about you, all right? Oh, here we go, Ron up front. Follower of Jesus. Follower of Jesus. Man, he's, you're too fast for Rich. See, that was, that's what I was going to say. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he stole your thunder too, Walt. All right, yeah. so now we've got to get creative. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then what else? Somebody's got to have something else besides that. What's one thing? Surely there's something else besides that. Well, go ahead, Dawn. Thank you. I want people to know that even though I've just met you and I don't know much about you, then my heart, I really do love you. Awesome. There you go. I'll see. Thank you, Dawn. That's an awesome answer. Very good. Anyone else? One thing you'd want somebody to know about you? Well, I'm Hopefully pretty much an open book, so if you ask, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, um, no secrets with you, right? right? No. All right. No. Nobody else. Everybody else is good. We don't want anybody to know anything about us at all, ever. <laughs> this may, people can make their own assumptions later. All right, that's totally fine. This one's really hard. Thank you, Rich. This one's really hard for me. Mine was that I had, I love attempting to learn new things. All right, that's something that might not be known, but I love to try to figure things out. Uh, especially if it's things in my wheelhouse that may be new and exciting. Uh, I love to try to pick new things up and figure them out. What I noticed was, and what you'll notice if you ask and answer this question of a lot of other people, is that many people, most, probably 100%, are never going to say gossiper, right? They're not going to say, man, I wish somebody knew that I love telling and giving secrets away, right? This just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. And of course not, because nobody's going to choose that for themselves, right? Nobody's going to do that. Nobody wants that label. We don't want to be a gossip, but... We do want gossip, don't we? Maybe deep down, you're just thinking, I don't want it. I don't want it. But if you ever lived or worked in an office environment or you've been around a community that has a lot of secrets to tell, you'll notice that most people, probably yourself included, have listened in on a conversation and said, hmm, hmm let me hear, let me, let me linger a little longer, right? We might not want to be the gossiper, but we like gossip, all right, if we're honest. And that includes me. You know, maybe we're bored. 
and you want to entertain yourself by, you know, snacking on some of those little shame stories that you hear getting passed around of other people's lives. Maybe it's something that kind of fills us with a sense of importance when you know something that somebody else doesn't, and you go like, ooh, I got to tell somebody because they got to know what I know, right? I just can't keep it in. Or maybe we're angry, right? Maybe we crave the satisfaction of tearing somebody else down by repeating something we've heard. That happens. That happens. Whatever the case, gossip is something we may try to avoid, but what often happens is it slips by our defenses and it slips into our conversations. It's a little guilty pleasure that can seem so harmless, right, but can cause big problems. So instead of giving in and listening or sharing gossip with others, how do we deal with it differently? This is what we're here to do today, right? Well, unsurprisingly, the Bible has a lot to say about this, and so we're going to find out exactly what and how that answer uh, goes by doing this together. We're going to walk through a lot of different scriptures. I can't give you one to turn to, so we're going to be bouncing around to a whole bunch of them. So you just kind of follow along as we go along. It'll be up on the screen. Uh, It'll be uh, um, again, you can just listen as you're picking it up along the way. A lot of these are going to come out of Proverbs. I've been loving our daily devotional series, which I highly encourage you to be a part of if you're not already, because it takes you through the book of Proverbs several times, and you'll get so many good things out of this. And so we're going to pull a lot of our content from Proverbs this morning. Uh, But We'll, we'll figure all this out as we go along. Just pay attention and keep up with me. You'll, you'll hear how it goes. So we're going to find our answer about what the Bible says, how to deal with gossip differently. Uh, first, by defining what gossip actually is. Now, this might seem obvious, right? But as we saw earlier, sometimes gossip is a little funny. Sometimes it can be innocent. Sometimes it can be engaging. It's, it's alluring. It's this thing like, oh man, it might not even seem that bad. But it is something going on there. So pinpointing what it is and what it sounds like, I think is helpful and sometimes necessary. So the first definition we got, because there's a bunch of different ways to look at this. The first definition of gossip and the way to pick up on it is that it's secretive, right? It's secretive. As a matter of fact, one of the main ways the Bible uses the word to describe someone who uh, is a gossiper is one who reveals secrets, right? You've heard this person or been this person before, the one who knows about something, you just can't keep it in, right? And the conversation usually starts by somebody saying, oh, man, I've just got to tell you. I've got to tell you what I just heard about Bob, man. I've just got to tell you this. I can't keep it a secret, right? Do you know, man, he's been coming home late, right? He's been coming home late every night. And Sally, you know, the new receptionist, she's been hanging out with him a lot too. And I don't know, they've been texting a lot back and forth. I don't know what's going on. You know, something's going on, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's okay to laugh. That happens. That's right. That's how this goes. Proverbs 11, 13 says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. In other words, gossip is secretive, right? It's that little secret. Everybody loves a secret, right? You got to, I mean, you love, I love the secrets. So I know you do, Right. Another definition or characteristic of gossip is that it's not only secretive, right, but it's stealthy, right? It's stealthy. Proverbs 18.8 says, we just said this a little earlier, but I want to highlight one word, the words of a whisperer, right? The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body, right? A good way to quickly identify incoming gossip is to pinpoint uh, when you're talking with somebody and they do this, do this thing, right? They go, hey, and they kind of lean in a little bit. They get a little closer. Maybe you're as far apart and they just kind of close that gap a little bit. And they might be talking about this before and they're like, hey, right? Hey, did you hear, right? Did you hear what's going on? Body language tells you a lot, right? Body language tells you a whole lot. So when somebody steps in and gets a little quiet, maybe they say something like, hey, I don't know if you heard this or not, right? You know, but Angie is really having a hard time controlling her drinking. Have you heard that? Right? Gossip is stealthy. 
Another functional definition of gossip is that it's bad news behind someone's back. This should be fairly obvious, but again, I'm telling you, just so you know, right? News, that's usually a story of someone else's sin or shame is what gossip is. So I've been in production settings before on a floor with a bunch of different guys. I had an office job, but I often interacted with people. And we had these, uh, I worked for the federal government for a long time, and it's almost like a prison system. So they give you 15-minute breaks. And so they blow a whistle, and it goes, and everybody stops what they're doing because you're federal workers and you don't work anymore than you got to, right? So you stop with everything you're doing and then you go. And if you're a smoker, you go on a smoke break for 15 minutes, right? And you're going to like chain smoking these cigarettes. So they all go out and they smoke together, right? And, uh, and, and we walk past them. I never smoked, but I always found it interesting, this dynamic, this social construction, right? So they go and huddle around. Uh, they'd be outside around a gazebo and, and smoking. And I'm not sure what they crave more, really, the cigarette or the gossip, because that's all that whole session was. It was just 15 minutes of just, just going back and forth, right? So many of the conversations I'd overhear as I was passing by would be like, hey, hey, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news? And Bill's been spending the night over that new hire's house, right? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? You better be careful. This is some other guy who would always say this. This is always the case. When I was in the Marine Corps, when I was in the federal government, it didn't matter where I was, if you had a large retirement plan or a large pension plan coming up, the soon as somebody said, hey, did you hear the news about Bill or Bob or Mindy Joe, I don't care, whoever, everybody around here, did you hear their news that they've been messing around with somebody? The second person would always follow up and say, oh, you better be careful, right? He gets caught. He's going to lose his house and half his retirement. It was always half the retirement. It's like, I'm like, my goodness, we don't care about the relationship, the kids. It's half the retirement. It's going to be gone, right? Always. Like, man, retirement wasn't that good, but all right, whatever. That's what we're going to go for is the money. I got you. Bad news behind someone's back. That's gossip, right? Bad news bears. That doesn't even have to be true, right? It just has to sound good. It just has to sound good. And what if it is true? Here's an old saying that we use to cop out sometimes. The old saying goes, if it's true, it's not gossip, right? I don't know if you've heard that before. That's the saying that goes around. If it's true, it's not gossip. But just because something's true doesn't mean you got to tell it, right? Craig Gochelle, who's a pastor of Life Church, has a good quote on this. Love this quote. He says, everything that is true doesn't need to be said. Everything is true doesn't need to be said, but everything we say should be true. Everything's true shouldn't be said, but everything we say should be true. All right? So if you think, eh, it's not, I'm not gossiping. It's the truth. Everybody knows that Bob's sleeping around, right? This is no big deal. Everybody's got this, right? This is not the gossip. Bad news behind someone's back, even if it's true, it's still gossip. Okay, so now we've got a few characteristics and definitions of what gossip looks and sounds like. Even if you may have already known that, you're welcome. I just repeated something you already knew. It's secretive, it's stealthy, it's bad news behind someone's back. But even when you know this, right, maybe you got this down, you're like, I know gossip's bad, right? All right, I know not to do it. My mom told me that when I was five or six or whatever the case is. It can still be tempting. It can still be so easy to say, oh, but it's not that bad, right? I mean, who's it really hurting anyway? Who could gossip be hurting? And even if you kind of know the answer in the back of your mind, you'll use it to justify continually doing it, won't we? It's a great question, though, who's it hurting? Because I think we can really identify at least three people who it actually hurts. So I'm going to break them down. One, gossip hurts the one being talked about. This should be fairly easy, but I'll let it go here. Gossip hurts the one being talked about. Proverbs 16, 28 says this, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. I'll repeat that. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer, gossiper, revealing secrets, remember somebody speaking quiet, separates close friends. 
At the time, gossip can seem like a private conversation, right? It's just between you and the person. That's why you even get quieter when you do it, right? It's a private conversation. But if you're hearing it, chances are someone else has heard it too or has been told it too. And if they have, so has everybody else. And at some point now, the person who the rumor has been spread about is left totally exposed. True or not? Now they've got all their stuff just hanging out there. Now you may say, well, if they haven't been doing anything wrong, what's the problem? And I would say that's partially true, right? The Bible does speak. If you have a person of integrity, you're a person of honesty, you do all these things, you don't got a lot to worry about. But you could be dealing with something that's not necessarily a big, giant secret, but it's a personal struggle, right? Maybe you're dealing with alcohol addiction. Maybe you're dealing with, uh, you know, porno- we're talking about pornography earlier, pornography addiction. Maybe you're dealing with just something going on in your life that you just don't want everybody to know about, but you just confide in one person and say, hey, man, I just really want to let this out. I've been carrying this burden. I just want to share it with you. And now you shared it, and that just goes everywhere, right? Through gossip, through these little things. Gossip doesn't have to be this secret shame. It can just be this personal confession, Right? And now that you've gone and, and, and maybe you've been that person, maybe you haven't, but you can understand the situation. Maybe you're this person that's kind of done this and now you've spread it out and now you've hurt that person. Now their news is front page news and now they've been hurt by that word that's been spread around. Gossip hurts the one being talked about. Two, gossip hurts the one listening. I don't think this is things we really consider. I didn't really think about it too much before, but I really looked into this this week. I, that's really true. Gossip hurts the one who listens to the gossip on a bunch of different levels, but we're going to break them down. Proverbs 17, 4. Let's listen to what the Bible says. An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. Another way of saying this is a wrongdoer listens to wicked lips, depending on your translation here. Or reverse it. We can flip it around. One who listens to wicked lips is doing wrong. Gossip hurts the ones who's listening. We're going to talk about ways to shut this down in a few minutes, but consider the position the person who is listening is put in when you're telling gossip, right? Maybe you've been that person. You're trying to mind your own business, and since somebody comes up and starts telling you something, and you realize quickly, man, it's not something you need or want to hear, right? You've been there. Maybe you've been around the office, been around the school, been around wherever, and you're like, man, I really don't want to know this, right? Why is this person telling me this? I don't need to hear this. And you quickly realize, man, I got to do something, right? And, and maybe you're thinking, man, I got a decision to make. Do I listen and hope they'll just shut up real quick? Please just stop talking about this other person, right? Maybe you take it in. Maybe you're like, oh, if I just listen enough, they'll unwind and it'll be over, right? Maybe you take it in eagerly like we talked about before. Or maybe you try to shut it down. And then you risk the person who's telling you to be like, oh, man, they're just some prude. They don't want to listen. They're, or they're not a good friend. They don't want to listen. I'm trying to tell them stuff, right? There's not a lot of good options out of there, is there? Right? What are the options? Sit quietly and listen. Hope they shut up, right? Engage with it or shut them down. None of that's easy. None of that's easy. Not a lot of good options. So when gossip is shared, the listener's hurt. It can't be hurt because now they have to carry a burden they didn't ask for. Or... Now they take it and spread it, and they become complicit in hurting somebody else. Gossip hurts the listener. Three, gossip hurts the one telling it. Proverbs 25, 9 through 10 says, When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. Focus on the last part. Gossip hurts the one who's telling it. You tell somebody's secret, somebody else hears it, and say, man, I can't trust that person again, right? Right? 
You can chalk this up to probably unintended consequences, but nobody's looking at a gossiper and saying, man, I love this person. I'm so excited to see them here today, right? I just want to be just like them. Man, I can just tell everybody's secrets and they don't even care. They're just blah, 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 and letting it go. And they're so free and all that stuff. And nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. We all look at this gossiper and think a couple of things. We think one, uh-oh, right? Here they come, right? Here they're walking up today with another rumor they can't keep to themselves. And then another thing you're thinking of, I better be careful. I better be careful what I say, or at least you should be. If you haven't thought this, you should be, because when that person comes up to you, you should be thinking, ooh, I better be careful what I say, because if they're talking about somebody else, chances are they're talking about you. All right? You're thinking, now they're my good friend, right? I can trust them. I told them things. But if they're going to have loose lips, and it's not stopping with other people. All right? It's not. The point is here, the very last line is others may accuse you. If, you keep, if you're the one who spreads it, you will never regain your good reputation. That's a very strong word there from the Bible, but I think it's true. You'll never regain your good reputation. The point is you could spend a lifetime doing the right thing. You could say the right things. You could treat people the right way. But one round of gossip can and will likely lead to you never having a good reputation again. That person will always see you as that person that spread that bad thing. Always. Always. They might not come out and like straight up deny you and say, oh, I don't want to be around you ever again because you're doing probably not. But they're going to be guarded around you. They're going to be they're going to protect themselves around you. They're going to not say all the things. They're going to have that back and roll in the back of their mind. Like, man, this person, all they do, man, is just say this all over and over and over again. Gossip will ruin a good reputation. Gossip hurts the one who's saying it. Now, there's one last thing that gossip hurts. And that's the community it's told in, right? I think this is all part of this story. If it's hurting the one who's told about, the person who's telling it, and the listener, obviously this is hurting a lot of people. I think it hurts the broader community as well. This is especially true in small, small, small communities, right? So true. And one of the values we promote here at Faith is open confession and sharing of life together. And when, what happens is, is when that openness gets taken advantage of, sharing shuts down and relationships are strained or even severed, right? And life can't happen together because there's no mutual trust. Even if you're not directly involved in it, here's how this works, right? So if say, say I'm the one who's got this little secret that I just can't keep in and I go and tell, I don't know, who's new, Howard. I go tell Howard, right? And I'm telling Howard and he just showed up here. One, he's thinking, man, this pastor's not, a, not a legit, right? Two, he's thinking, man, if the pastor's doing it or even if it's not the pastor, even somebody else, this one's person's doing it, then I wonder who else is doing this, right? If they're doing it, I don't know if I can trust them or, man, this is how this thing operates and I don't like that because it doesn't mean I can really like things out because they might share it. And so he's thinking that, but then it also gets around a little bit and, and, and that stuff spreads. And then now you, somebody might catch on that there's secrets being shared and someone who's not even been told it and doesn't even know anything about it, hears wind of it. And it's like, oh man, that's going on. Oh man, I can't believe that. I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. And now you don't know who it is too. So that makes it worse because then you're looking at everybody and saying, oh, is that the one? Oh, was that the person? Oh, was that the person? Who can I trust? Who can I trust here? Gossip doesn't just hurt the person telling. It doesn't hurt the listener. It doesn't hurt uh, the person being told to. It also hurts the broader community at large, especially when it comes into a church. What's well, one of the chief reasons we're covering this today? Because people outside of our church should be able, should be able to look in and say, wow, right? Wow, in a good way. Not wow, in a bad way. Wow, in a good way. Look how they deal with their pain together, right? Look how they work through conflict together. Look how they don't even gossip about one another. That's different. That's different. 
See, gossip destroys what God calls us to build up. But hey, I'm a realist, right? And gossip, like conflict, is going to come up. And so the question becomes, how do you deal with it? It's not enough to say, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> how? How do you not do it? Because I guarantee you, if you're not going to spread it, somebody's going to walk up to you one day, maybe not prayerfully not here, but somewhere else, and they're going to start doing this, and you're going to have some, to work through these options. And so I want to give you some tools. I want to give you some things to work with so that you know how to deal with this differently. So I got three tips for us today on how to deal with gossip. One is fairly obvious, but I will state this because it just needs to be out there. Share your private matters with someone who's demonstrated integrity. All right. This should seem obvious, just letting you know, all right? We all know that friend we love to talk to. We all have that person in our lives. There's so much fun to have a conversation with, but we know we better be careful what we say or it's going to get repeated. We just know it. We just know it. But yet, what do we still do? We still talk to that person, don't we? And we still maybe share. Maybe it just comes out accidentally. And then we're shocked whenever they go and tell what we said. We're like, why did you say that? Well, you should have known they were going to say that. They're that person, right? They're that person. You need to talk to somebody who's demonstrated integrity. Instead of wondering why your news is spread across town, stop telling people things that can't keep their mouth closed, right? That's fairly obvious, but I want to start there. If you have a personal burden you need to share, find somebody who can keep it to themselves. Even better, what I want to encourage you to do, what we try to practice here at Faith, is find somebody who's going to partner with you in prayer over it. That's the best thing. Because what you're doing when you're telling that person who can't keep their mouth shut, even if you're telling somebody who can keep their mouth shut, but isn't a Jesus follower, they're just going to say, man, that sucks for you. I'm glad, you're, I'm, I'm not, glad it's not me. I'm, I'm sorry you're having a bad week. And they'll sit there and try to console you, but they can't give you anything for it. But you find somebody who's following Jesus and what we can do for one another, what we should be doing for one another is saying, I know you're going through some hard times and I'm going to keep that. I'm going to share that burden with you. And if you allow me, we'll share it with some other people we can trust, but we're going to partner with prayer uh, over it. We're going to ask God to move in it. We're going to see and hold each other accountable towards it. We're going to see change happen through that and not just be, oh, well, man, I'm sorry for you. I know life's, life's bad. Mine too. I want better than that. I don't know about you. I want better than, oh man, life's, I know, man, I'm with you. Ugh. I want to see change. And I know a God who changes things. And so that's what we should be going to. So find someone you can trust, tell it, share it, partner with prayer over it. That's the first thing you should be doing. Two though, here's the more, most practical thing I think you can do is guard your ears. Guard your ears. It's all too easy to let somebody spill the beans to you. Maybe even tempting. You talk about the delicious morsels, listen to the story about the man with his pants split. Oh man, it's too good. I got to listen to that story. Man, I can't shut that down. I want to hear it. It's tempting. But guard your ears by stopping gossip when it's possible. Leviticus 19.16. Josh is going to get up for us here. It says, you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. This is about the community, right? And you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. There's a saying goes that what we permit, we promote. Meaning what we allow ourselves to continue to do or hear or, or, or to go on in our lives, we're some way, maybe not directly, but indirectly complicit in it. By letting gossip continue, what we're doing is placing ourselves in the same position as the gossiper. So how do you stop it? How do you stop it? That's the question. I'll give you some options on how to stop it. You're going to guard your ears. You're going to listen. When you pick up on all those definitions we did, it's secret, it's stealthy, it's leaning in, it's the body language, it's all these things, it's bad news. Then you're going to do this. Here's some options. The first are two questions I want to give you 
The first question is when someone stops spreading gossip, you could say this. You could say, why are you telling me this? Right? That's, that could be good. And that's actually one of the leading, I, I don't remember the name of the dude, but one of the leading psychologists wrote a paper on this and he said, you can stop gossip in its tracks with just that one simple question. Why are you telling me this? Now that forces the person or should forces them to stop and hopefully think a minute about what they're actually doing and maybe reconsider. Hopefully. Right? Maybe. But maybe you're thinking, that is not me. I cannot do that. You know, where's all my conflict avoiders at, right? Me, right? I'm not saying that because that sounds like I'm about to just jump in your business. Like I'm, like I'm coming up to you and I'm, I can't do that. Why are you telling me this? No, I, I'm never going to say that. I'm not going to say that. So what's another way we can phrase this, all right? Because all my conflict avoiders are like, eh, eh, ain't happening, Captain. I'm never going to tell anybody that. That's just not going to happen. So let me give you a similar question you can use. It's a little less confrontational, a little easier to process, and maybe a little smoother to go down. You can ask, and I've done this myself, and I'm a patent con- conflict avoider. This is a good one. Have you had a chance to talk to them about it? It's just that easy. Have you had a chance to talk to them about it? That usually will stop it. It does the same thing as that other question. It forces them to stop and reconsider, right? But it also does something that we started last week. We talked about how do you deal with conflict in relationships? Jesus gave us clear steps to do it. Matthew 18, 15 says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. That's what we're talking about. I don't think I have a slide for that one, Josh, if you're looking, I'm sorry. So what he's saying here, Jesus is giving us that key, right? Have you talked to them about this? That seems really obvious. But when gossip is coming your way and they just got something, they just got to get off their chest. It could be easy to listen to it, but it can be just as easy to say, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Have you talked to them about this first? You know, it's not that I want to be rude, but I just want to make sure that you've dealt with it with them before we go too too much further, right? I just want to make sure we got that going on. You see, following Jesus means thinking and acting like Kim. And this is a great opportunity to do that, do that, right? Have you had a chance to talk to them about this? That's going to give them the space to think, and it's going to give them the opportunity to act like Jesus. It's even better. It's a two-for-one, right? This is great. We're not only acting like Jesus, we're giving somebody else an opportunity to do what he calls us to do, right? Now, I'll give you one thing. That's a good question. Don't, if you don't take anything out of this, take this one. Have you had a chance to talk with them about this? Because that's the one I want you to hinge on, especially as part of our church, right? Because I don't want you to go to option three, which is this. Let's go talk to the pastor about this. Don't go there. I don't want it. Don't ever say that. You might as well just forget I even said you told, told you not to say it. Just for pretend I just erased your mind and you can't even think I exist anymore because I don't want to carry that burden any more than you do. All right? That's not mine to carry. So when someone comes up to you and they say, maybe it's in our church, prayerfully it's not, but again, I'm a realist, and they start saying things, and instead of saying, have you talked with them about this? And your first reaction is say, ooh, mm, I don't know, man, that's maybe a big thing. Maybe we, let's, let's go talk to pastor about this. Stop, stop it, don't do it. I don't want to know about it. Keep it to yourself, right? It's already bad enough it's gone that far. Shut it down, right? Shut it down. The two parties who are gossiping need to hash that stuff out, all right? Let me just cut it right there. Now, if they can't work it out, I'll do what I can to mediate, all right? But I'm option number two, three, four, five, 10, 20. Just turn over the page, whatever many numbers you can write down and flip it over. That's where I'm at because that's how far it should go before you have to involve anybody else, not just me, anybody else, right? My kids do this to me all the time. You have kids? Anybody have kids? You do this? Their kids get arguing. My kids get arguing with one another and they're saying, and they come up to me and say, did you hear what she said about me? Did you hear what he said about me? And they come to me like I'm supposed to do something about it. Talk to each other about this. You don't need me, right? 
My role as dad isn't to mediate every little disagreement and word and bad thing spread about each other. No, hash it out between yourselves. That's what Jesus is saying here. That's what Jesus calls us to do, right? I can mediate if it comes down to it in a church, but my job is not to judge you. My job is not to be a judge over you. That is not my job. My job is to lead you to Jesus who just said, go work it out between yourselves. So that's exactly what I'm going to tell you anyway. So just skip that whole conversation because you're just wasting your time and go talk to the person. So when that person comes up to you, have you had a chance to talk to them about it? Just bounce right back like you're playing ping pong. Eh, no, put that right back in your court. I don't want to deal with it. And not because we don't want to deal with it, quote unquote, but this is the best way to hash out. This is the best way to deal with it. We talked about conflict resolution last week, and we talked about the reason Jesus says do it between one another is because the more people you get involved, the messier stuff gets. Now, again, I'm not saying that you can't do that. There comes a place in time, but it's best solved on the lowest level possible. That's usually between the two people who are talking to each other, all right? Or about each other. Third thing we need to do is we need to guard our mouths, all right? This is a great, man, I love this verse, Proverbs 21, 23. If you don't have a life verse, this should be your life verse. Everybody's life verse. This is it. Proverbs 21, 23 is going to be up on the screen. It says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Is it up there, Josh? We got it going on here. Everybody can read it so you don't have to listen to me. If you're visual... Soak it up. Soak it up. Proverbs 21, 23. Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. It's just that easy. It's just that easy. You can apply this to every part of your life. You want to stay out of trouble? Be quiet. <laughs> All right? Just, just be quiet. Some of the things we think we need to be said don't need to be said. Now, I'm not saying Stay quiet when you're being abused. All right, I want to clarify some of this because pastor says, shut your mouth. That's not, I'm not saying every single thing. Don't take me too literally. But I am saying not everything needs to be said. So if you're in a situation where you got stuff going on, you're hurt, there's something real pain going on, tell somebody. Tell me. I'm fine with sharing that burden, right? Or if we see somebody else who is hurting, do this. Don't suffer silently. I don't want anybody to do that, right? But consider what you say and when you say it. Maybe by asking yourself this question of yourself. Is this mine to tell? right? Is this my news to share? If it's about you, you get to make that call. If it's about somebody else, think long and hard before you do it. Think long and hard before you do it. Guard your mouth. If the answer is even close to no, just watch your tongue, keep your mouth closed, stay out of trouble. It's just that easy. It's just that easy. Now, those are all easy to say. They're hard to actually do. I know it, been there, done that. We'll do it again probably today. All right. I understand because while gossip is something that comes out of the mouth, it's not a mouth problem. It's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 34b, and then Matthew 15, 19 correlates to this. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 1519 says, for out of the heart comes these things, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander, which is another form of gossip. All these things are what we keep up in here. And if you don't think you do it, I don't know if you're being honest with yourself, because I do. Our heart carries some bad stuff around it. Not all of it, not 100% of it, but there's a lot of swirling around up in there that's like, yep, that's, that's true. Long before anybody commits adultery, they've thought about it. 
Long before they've committed adultery, they've had this desire in their heart. It's, hmm, let me see if I can fulfill that. And it plays itself out and eventually happens because it started somewhere else. It didn't start just by random, somebody bumped into somebody and just started you know, committing adultery. This is stuff that happens, has to start somewhere else, right? It comes from the heart. Same thing with gossip. It didn't just start because somebody said, ooh, I, I, my, my tongue is just so free. I just can't keep it closed. I can't put a lid on I just got to let it go. It starts here. It starts here. Now, we can desire change in our lives, and I pray that we do. We can even take practical how-to steps to accomplish that change. You can take everything I just listed. You can apply it, and you can see a difference. However, if we don't recognize where the problem comes from, we're wasting our time. Jesus knew that changing how we speak doesn't change who we are. That's why I never promote from, this, from, from giving a message or anywhere else that you have to clean yourself up before you come into church because that is impossible. You'll never be good enough to come to Jesus. That's the whole point of the cross is we can't be. So whenever you come in and say, well, I'm just gotta, I got to talk better. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I do gossip. Maybe I gossip too much and I can't be able to be a part of a community who's not doing that. Just I can't control myself. Well, no, you can't because your mouth isn't the problem. Your heart is. See, we can't change how we speak because that's not who we are. We have to change the disease, not the symptom. We have to cure the disease and not just address the symptom of it. You see, gar- gossip isn't a mouth problem, it's a heart problem, one that can only be cured by recognizing a need for Jesus, recognizing a need for a change of heart. And what happens is when you meet and follow and be changed, transformed by him, is that he gives you a new heart. He gives you new desires. He gives you a whole new identity. He gives that to you. You see, in taking part in gossip, what happens is we attempt to elevate ourselves. Let me give you the motivation behind it real quick as we're wrapping up. We attempt to elevate ourselves. You know, I can talk about someone else's problems because I don't have to talk about my own, right? Each word I speak is another person I'm stepping on to build myself up. Gossip says I'm strong because they're weak. But the gospel says I am weak, but he is strong. It's a total reversal. That happens here, not here. We see in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus Christ, that we don't need to better ourselves at the expense of somebody else. But we begin to recognize who we are, rather whose we are. And we treat the disease that changes the heart. So instead of telling others, did you hear what somebody else said about so-and-so? we can say, did you hear what God has said about me? That's what gospel is. Good news. Straight from Jesus. Did you hear what Jesus says about me? Did you hear what God has said about me? Ephesians 2.10. I don't have these slides. You just have to listen. Here's what God says about you. God says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, right? God doesn't make junk. We buy into this system and says, oh, well, I'm a gossiper because my mom is a gossip and everybody work gossips. And I just got to be a gossiper. God doesn't make junk. God created you beforehand for good works. We are his workmanship. He created you for good things, not pointless conversation, not ram- rambling and, and, and pointless talk. He purposed you for great things. Ephesians 1.11 says, in him we've obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. You see, in 
Jesus, he has started something in you that is irreversible and he will guarantee to finish it, a good thing that he has planted in us. Philippians 1, 6 says, I'm sure of this. I am sure. Nothing else in this world may be sure. I am sure of this, Paul wrote to the church, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That he didn't start something in you he was not going to finish. That you are not a gossiper. You wouldn't label that, you're that yourself. God is not labeling that for you. He says you are changed. You are transformed. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are redeemed by the creator through the love and the sacrifice of the son. And I don't have to settle for cheap victories over the backs of others, but I can allow the love and the grace and the mercy of God to overflow my heart so that my mouth speaks good and not evil. So it speaks life and not death. So it speaks peace and not strife. So it says truth over lies. So it encourages and not discourages. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, 11. I do have this slide up here for us because I want us to end on this. He says, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Verse 11, hinge word, therefore. Therefore, since we are alive in Jesus, since he has not destined us for wrath, since we have salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, so we who were the walking dead are now made alive, who are workmanship, who are, don't have to be gospers, who can have this new identity and are given this new identity in Christ. Therefore, what are we to do with it? Let it overflow. Encourage one another and build one another up. Just as you're already doing. Just as God has started in you already. Keep going in that and he will finish it if you want to change what comes out of your mouth change what fills your heart it's just that easy and that starts today so if you're here this morning and you're what i what i put a label on just to have a label to put it under is a seeker you're somebody who's like man i don't quite know where i'm at with jesus Maybe I've been out of church forever. Maybe I've never been in a church. Maybe I just don't have any clue as to what this really is, but I'm starting to figure it out together. And you're starting to put one in one and thinking, man, I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but I know there is an answer out there. I know I need a heart change because my mouth can't change on its own. I can't keep my mouth closed. It starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus. There's nothing else to, there's nothing else to add to it. I want to clarify that too, that it starts and ends with Christ. He is all you need. And so today, if you're that seeker and saying, man, I want that, I need that heart transformation, I need to know that I have obtained salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, that in, through the grace and mercy of the gospel, I've been transformed, not because I deserve it, but because he has freely given it to me. Me, who's a gossiper, a sinner, a slanderer, a false witness, all these things have been remade by him. I need that. And so we're going to give you a chance to respond to that in just one minute. If you're not ready yet, Maybe you're hanging out on the outside looking in, right? Love, love uh, John's uncle had that phrase. I'm totally going to butcher that quote that I'll see you on Sunday if the windows are clean, right? Something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're on the outside looking in, right? Anything I don't know. I got it. I shouldn't be a gossip, and I'll try my best. I'll try harder maybe, but I don't think I need Jesus yet. I want you and encourage you to continue to, to lean in, to continue to look through, 
whether it be online or maybe things we're doing, maybe the paddle at a picnic, you come paddle with us, right? Maybe men's group, you come hang out with us. We're going to be, hopefully, please, Jesus, let the weather permit. The men's group are going to be up at Ron's place. We're hanging out and sitting out in the open and, and sitting outside, soaking up some good weather and just talking about life, right? All these things. When you're doing that, just listen in and say, man, that's different. They're dealing differently. That's what following Jesus is about. So we encourage you to keep listening in, even if you're not ready to say, yep, I need it, I want it, I got to have it today. Say, I'll listen. I'll keep listening. We want you to be here. This place is for people who have questions. Trust me, it is. For believers, Jesus has set the standard for us, right? He set the standard. Thankfully, he didn't just set the standard and say, good luck. He fills us with the very spirit of God. When we commit to following him, he fills us up so that we can speak life. But we have to choose to put it into practice. He can fill you up and prayerfully it's going to overflow, right? But there's times when you're going to put a lid on that and you're going to say, man, I know, but I just can't talk about Jesus. I can't bring this life in this situation. They're not going to listen to me anyway. And I don't know. I just, I'll just listen to the gossip and maybe they'll just think I'm a good friend and maybe they'll really listen next time. And no, forget all that. He set the standard. He fills us with his spirit. We have to choose to put it into practice. One of the things I love about Faith Church is that we come from a lot of different places in our faith journey, so many different places. And some of us have been on them a while and others are just starting out. But whatever the case is, I want us to take this home with us today, that we have to get vigilant and we have to stay vigilant as a church to cut gossip off. All right? I'm not going to beat the dead horse, but I'm just tell you this right here. We, gotta, we, we can't be that people. We won't. I won't be that person. I want you to follow my, I want, to, I want you to follow Jesus' lead as I follow his lead as we strive to, to cut it off. Now, because again, where there's, where there's gossip, there's no trust. And where there's no trust, there's no relationship. Where there's no relationship, there's no church. We got to get vigilant, stay vigilant. Stop it before it starts so far as it depends on us. So then leading by example, we can be a place of openness, of trust, and of life. Not just to each other, but to others in the community.